Welcome everybody to this new episode of Data Minds. Um, this is a podcast series to get to know the people behind the data world that's going on in Belgium and the Netherlands today, because we're in Holland actually. Uh, I have with me um, none less than uh, Charik. He's the um, Director General of CBS. CBS is the Central Bureau of Statistics here in Holland. Um, so I'm very honored that uh, he's willing to make some time available here with me and uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe Chuck, to begin, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Um, talk a bit about your background and your history. Yeah. So uh, I was born in Suriname in South America and I lived there for two years. And then I, my, my parents immigrated to the Netherlands and I've been here ever since. Uh, I have a, a PhD in uh, theoretical physics, in elementary particle physics. Wow. Uh, and after that, I did a postdoc in, um, in Munich at the university there. And uh, after that, I went into the private sector. I, I worked for Shell, the Shell Laboratory in Amsterdam. And uh, from there, I went to uh, the, f the financial sector mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and worked on... Uh, complex derivatives in the financial sector. So that's a complex uh, uh, financial instruments and uh, trying to model them and uh, trying to see how, how they behave in yeah. different market circumstances and what the risks are and things like that. Um, after that, I went to the cons consulting. Okay. Uh, so Ernst & Young. All right. Yeah, co yeah. Uh, corporate finance. Uh, yeah. And from there, I went into government. So I was the director of uh, antitrust, so the competition authority in uh, in the Netherlands uh, for uh, five years, I think. And um, from there, I went to the uh, forensics sector, which okay. is uh, we have in the Netherlands one big forensic laboratory that does mm -hmm. most of the forensic investigations. Uh, mm -hmm. um, for example, DNA, things like that, and yeah, also yeah. pathology, all kinds of chemical, physical kinds of stuff. Uh, and I did that also for I think seven years and uh, now for f five years I have I'm the director general of uh, statistics Netherlands as they call it sometimes the Central Bureau of Statistics yeah all right that's that's quite a track record there and I guess in that journey you've seen it all like private sector consulting well a lot of PhD and academic work and then government yeah uh, so maybe let's let's zoom in on that because I I guess the well would look to me, as one of the, the bigger steps is to go from the private sector to government. Yes. W why did you do that? Well, actually, the, the government entity that I was uh, that I joined was one of my biggest customers at the okay. time. Uh, so I was advising them. And um, at a certain point, this job opening came along. And uh, I guess I was kind of finished with being a consultant. I wanted yeah. to do things for myself. And... Uh, so this is why I, I joined this this organization. And at the time, it was a very interesting time for that organization because the Netherlands was known as the cartel paradise. So everybody was, you know, making agreements with all the companies were making agreements with each other about price, about, you know, market sharing, things like that. And the, gov and the government wanted to change that. And it was also EU legislation. Uh, so this com this organization had a big uh, job to do. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And yeah. this is kind of something that attracts me a lot. So if there's a big job to do yeah. and it's difficult, then uh, I kind of get warmed up. Well, and awesome. uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so this is why I, I went there, and uh, we did a an in interesting job there to uh, to break the cartel culture in the Netherlands. Uh, and I think we did a very good job, and cool. especially in the in construction sector, but also in the financial sector and other sectors. And uh, 
but after that, you know, I, I have a physics background, so the technology side of it uh, still was pull, pulling me in. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and the f- this the forensic laboratory in the Netherlands, uh, NFI n- National Forensic Laboratory, is uh, it's really a, uh, it's, uh, it's a technology company. Yeah, like CBS, actually. CBS is also a technology company. And so uh, I became, as you will, uh, if you will, a, a CEO of a, of a technology company. And, of course, it was government, but still. Yeah, so yeah. that was very attractive to me. Right. And so now you, you're director general of, of CBS, which which also the CEO role. Um, it's not a small company at that, right? So no, you, it's about 2,000. 2,000 people work for yeah. CBS. and. and can you maybe dive into what that means? So you run a company of 2,000 people, I guess most of them very smart, academics, yeah, statistics yeah. people, yeah. technology people. Yeah. Can you help walk us through what that means? Um, it means that, I mean, technology, highly educated personnel, technology company, you have you, you, you manage that in a different way than other companies. Um, highly educated people, you don't, you know, you don't, don't force them into things. You you try to persuade and you try to give a certain direction, and then they can, con- then they can become involved in that. And that is the, tr- the way I've been trying to run uh, CBS. It's it's uh, trying to present a new vision for the, for the organization and 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 get us there. And sometimes, of course, this this. Uh, also means that you have to force it a little bit because yeah. I think n- nothing nothing difficult is done only by by persuasion. It's also sometimes a little bit, you know, pushing and pulling. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you can't align two thousand people on everything. Right? No, no, no. Because two hi- two thousand highly educated people also have two thousand opinions. <laughs> so if you want to have uh, kind of like a coherence in the yeah. direction, you yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to you know put your foot down but it's not really that necessary in the i think most of the time here as long as you have a, a clear vision of where you want to go yeah and um of course this vision this this kind of builds over time it's not yeah. something that is there right away but um i i s- very very early on and maybe the few first few months i got a kind of like a idea of where i wanted to go with uh, with cbs yeah what I wanted to f- the company to or the organization, mm-hmm. I must say, to feel like and what it what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And can, can you yeah. maybe explain that on a very high level for our viewers? What's the the vision when you came in here five years ago? What did you think that the organization organization needed the most? Um, I think what it needed was a kind of like a new w- vision for the future. So because of the the the, the world around us has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the new vision for the future was that um, the world was be- is becoming more data-driven, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody's mm-hmm. talking about this. And how do you use data to to have better decisions? And this, this is certainly also true for the government. Yeah. It's, it's not only in the private sector. And um, this where this is where CBS has a particular role to to play. That's one thing. So the government it relies on us to provide high quality detailed information about about society so that decisions can be better motivated Mm -hmm. Um, and also that you can track and monitor how things are going uh, after you've made the decisions right yeah because i guess that that's the weird part you said well the the world's becoming more and more data driven but cbs like that's almost the definition of being data driven right you've always done that not in the not just writing the current (coughs) hype but you've they've been doing that for for decades that i I think that is most of the point i'm trying to make is that we 
have you know we've been around for more than a century already so oh. we're kind of like the uh the big data organization uh, before there was such a thing as big data and before absolutely. people thought about it in that way absolutely but then we kind of got in a certain groove of doing our work and then the whole society around us changed yeah Whereas in the past, uh, data was kind of centralized. You, you needed all kinds of centralized structures to bring all the different data sets together in or in an, uh, yeah. at a certain point so that you can analyze them. But what has happened with the Internet and with the way society has been moving is that information and data has been kind of democratized. It has been decentralized. Yes, very much. So this decentralization of data and of information, that's crucial. Yeah. So uh, so the next thing then uh, becomes the question, so what is then the role of CBS in that? Uh, and what we, uh, that's one thing. Second thing is, um, uh, if you look at uh, the statistics we make or the data we provide, what's the value of it, really? What is really the is Is the data itself valuable? Well, not really. It's what you do with it. If it's useful, then it's valuable. Valuable. If it's not useful, then it's not. Yeah. And uh, data and statistics are only valuable if they can answer certain questions. It's the the answer to the questions that people are interested in. Nobody's interested in data by itself. You use the data to answer questions. Yeah, absolutely. And <coughs> so uh, there's two things that you that you can say. Then is that first of all, if you want to answer a question, you need to find all the data that you need to answer the question. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the past, the statistics offices have been kind of in this other model in which they said, well, listen, we, we will agree mm -hmm. to a certain set of, uh, of, mm -hmm. uh, of statistics that we, will go, we, that we will make together. And then we produce them and then we throw them into society and we hope society will do something with them. So you mean in, in the past, the CBS used to work like, oh, we have all this data what are some of the interesting conclusions we can draw? Well, it, it was the other way around. We okay. kind of uh, said earlier, let's for example say, um, mm. we want to know something about the labor market. Mm. Then we all agree amongst ourselves about, for example, a definition of the term uh, unemployment, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you have to calculate something. You have to make it very precise. So we, we, we agree upon a certain definition of unemployment, and then we just create this unemployment figure every month or every quarter and then we push it into this into society and then we hope that society can do something with that yeah yeah i see so uh, that's a different attitude because because if you're a policymaker, you might have a totally different way of thinking yeah, yeah you you might have all right so but what are the main issues uh, that uh, in, in the economy that makes people go unemployed or Maybe mm -hmm. they have um, uh, what type of demographic groups are unemployed and what's the cause of that? So you see people and, and government agencies asking way deeper questions, more granular questions where you need yes. a lot more analysis than just the raw numbers. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. So this is this is the point. They, they want to know an answer to a question mm -hmm. and the, the, the statistics that we traditionally deliver cannot do that it's too gr too 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 general it's yeah, yeah, yeah. and also it's most of the time it's well, oftentimes it's one indicator for a very complex phenomenon mm. like gdp so Absolutely. gdp has risen that's one number it's just one number <laughs> for yeah. a very complex phenomenon <laughs> so uh, so yeah. I, th i always compare it to uh, 
please characterize a human being for me. And then somebody says, well, the person weighs uh, 85 kilos. Yeah. And then you've characterized the whole <laughs> f- the whole organism. <laughs> but yeah. it's yeah. a, a, the person's entire life, uh, his health, yeah. everything is just... Ca- or you go to a doctor and the only thing a doctor has is a scale. Yeah. So wh- whatever your ailment, you just go and put he puts you on the scale and that's it. Well, and, and on a very, very rough... Uh, figure it, it makes sense because if, if the, the doctor sees that you're losing weight there's probably something wrong yes but medicine is so much more refined you want to have to you have to have yeah. to, you need a very di- uh, detailed diagnosis absolutely if somebody can lose weight because of a thousand reasons yeah indeed. and the doctor needs to know exactly which one of these reasons is true yeah. it's the same with the economy if unemployment rises it can have thousands di- thousand different reasons so yeah. the reason that is true. That's the one we were trying to find because then a policymaker can make policy. Yeah. So, um, and this is where big data comes in. Yeah. And this is where our other d- data developments come. Because if you have our traditional approach to our field, which is doing surveys, yeah. th- for example, we survey 10,000 people in the yeah. Netherlands, that's, that will never give you the gla- granularity that you need for this type of question. No. But uh, since we've, uh, the first step for us was to get the uh, administrative data. So mm-hmm. all the administrative data in the Netherlands, for example, the tax data, we get it on an individual level. Mm-hmm. So this means that we have a huge data set, very high, qu- high information uh, and content. And sensitive, right? And sensitive, and we have it of all yeah. important government agencies. Wow. So we can, and we can couple the data. Um, so this gives you much more granularity. Now you can zoom in and zoom out, and you make different cross-sections of the data, and you can really try to find out what's really going on. Uh, and with big data, the, the mm-hmm. advantage, because the, d- the difference between administrative data and what we call, in our definition, big data, for me, big data is sensor data. Okay. Whereas administrative data is highly granular, but still, it's somebody at some point in down the line has had to type it into yep. a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so right? it's in, in the sense it's very well in business terms, very operational data. Like yeah. this transaction yeah. happened or yeah. this sales. Yes, but yeah. pr- exactly. But somebody, for example, has to fill in its tax, yeah. the tax, ref- and then we yeah. get the tax automated, uh, the, the the tax returns in an automated fashion. But somebody at the front end had to type yeah. it in. Absolutely. Now. Um, so what is now uh, the difference with big data? And that's kind of like the automation of the of the the process by which you capture the data. Yeah, it's no longer a person who is typing it in; it's a sensor who is sensing it. Absolutely. And and, uh, and that gives you even more granularity, and mm-hmm. it gives you also more speed, because yeah, that yeah. that is also a kind of like a criticism uh, of statistics author- uh, yeah. authorities is that. Yes, yes, yes. It's very interesting what they have, but it's all always a year old. Yeah, and that's also when I what you see when you enter this. By the way, beautiful building. You you guys on the uh, show only see a very thin slice of it, but it's a very nice building. <coughs> and when you enter, you see immediately center for big data statistics somewhere yeah. in the corner. So yeah. that's the center that you created. Uh, yes, and, and that's exactly to to more. Um, um, uh, offer solutions for this need that you were just des- describing. Exactly, be- because uh, turning big data, sensor data, into very reliable, high-quality statistics is not an easy thing. No, and that's also where technology has exactly. a big, much bigger role, right? Yeah. So in the past, uh, when we g- went from mostly surveys to using surveys, but mostly uh, administrative data, we have had this transition as well. What is the transition? The transition is that the survey was specifically 
constructed for the purpose that we had for it. Yeah. So we had a purpose, we construct the survey, and then we get the data. Whereas the uh, administrative data is really somebody, somebody else's data, yeah. and we kind of grace, gracefully use it, gratefully yeah. use it, <laughs> but we really have to translate that data yeah. into data and into statistics that we can use. And yeah, often yeah, there are yeah. problems there because there are definition problems, timing yeah. problems, all kinds of problems. And we, so what we, we, we had to create a whole new research and development type of methodology type of yeah. department to create the, uh, the tools to be able to do that. And this, is, yeah. and this is this is even more so with sensor data. Yeah, yeah, yeah because it's massive, right? And yeah. indeed, in so as I understand it, when you do survey data, you own the chain end-to-end -end from the beginning to exactly. the end. You, you control the exact definitions, but when you start integrating data from different government departments and sensor data, you need a different approach, right? To exactly. To so then you need yeah. to, ha you have to ha you have to do a lot of research and development to yeah. create this thing. And um, so this is why we created the Center for Big Data Statistics. Awesome. It's more or less a uh, research and development mm -hmm. uh, entity to, uh, to help create the methodologies and the technologies mm -hmm. to be able to do what we need to do. And can you share some of the success stories there that you've done in the last couple of years? Well, there are, there are many, uh, uh, many there are on our website. We, what we, one of the things we created was a, uh, a experimental website, which is completely yeah, new for our whole field. Of course. And uh, because our field always prides itself on only delivering high, high quality uh, statistics. Mm -hmm. But y if you want, if you do that, then you don't innovate enough because you, uh, innovation is failing, right? Yeah. You have to yeah. fail a lot and, and you An have to fail forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th I like that. I like that yeah. expression. Yeah. So this is what we uh, try to do. We create a uh, experimental site and you can look it up and it's, it has a lot of different statistics that we created uh, mm -hmm. using new um, experimental methodologies and then we invite technologists to help us and to talk to us about that stuff. Okay. And to help us uh, develop, uh, so we did internet uh, economy types of things. We did uh, solar paneling. Uh, we did uh, all kinds of uh, uh, road sensor work. Um, I've seen a talk on that. Well, yeah. it was in Barcelona in a conference. There was someone from CBS talking about how yeah. they analyzed road traffic data, and I was exactly. thinking like. You need the same in Belgium. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so, th so these are the things that we are working, but it's a lot yeah, more, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, all on the website. And so, yeah. so we needed to create a kind of like uh, uh, an incubator, yeah. as they call it sometimes. So kind of like a, a group of wild people mm. uh, that yeah. are going to think in a different way and maybe try, just try things all right. and see where it ends. Cool. Uh, and this is what has been working very well. And then maybe uh, to, to build on that, so we've been talking about CBS internally, what you do, how you work. I guess you also do a lot of collaboration with private companies. Yeah. And, um, can you walk us through a bit about how you see ideal collaborations there or what's your vision there? Yeah. So the, the, the way we can cooperate with the, with the private sector is there are numerous ways. One of the ways is that we collaborate in innovation. Mm. Uh, we will only be interested now and in the future in as, as as far as i'm concerned in government official government statistics so but the whole private sector of statistics and data services is completely are free and open to them so yeah. if we if we kind of create these new tools new tools new products and services new technologies together we can uh, we can use it in our work 
and 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 they can use it to, to you know provide services to their to their customers yeah. another thing is that uh, what we can do is that even when we are doing our you know mm-hmm. core business which mm-hmm. is providing gov- uh, official government statistics to, to society in an yeah, open yeah. way yeah. Even then, there's technology that comes in mm-hmm. that we m- sometimes will create and sometimes we may buy. Yeah. So we ha- always have sense. this make or buy decision type of uh, thing going on. And um, like like every big organization, like every big organization, yourself, so exactly. Yeah. So we 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 uh, whenever we want to create a new technology, we always think, okay, are we going to do it ourselves? Are we going to do it in collaboration with? The triple helix, for example, uh, with a uh, uh, with the private sector and maybe a, um, a university, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or maybe with the only with the university, but uh, with partners, or and that's also possible. Will we mis- maybe just buy it yeah. from a private company? And that's also certainly possible. Okay. And we are uh, in the process of kind of working through what that would mean for us as an organization because there are sp- specific requirements. Uh, uh, that we have uh, about technology that uh, are a li- little bit different than the private sector. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, um, if you create official statistics which are used by the government, yeah. democratically elected and controlled government, that uh, that uses those statistics to make government policy, Ooh, then it's all a huge the impact. Exactly. Right? Then yeah. all the, the, the algorithms and everything, all the steps have to be transparent. Yeah, you can't just uh, like this black box machine learning model told me to exactly. close this. Exactly, <laughs> or maybe or maybe a secret algorithms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it has to be transparent. It has to be transparent. So how do we work with that? Well, in my opinion, this is a uh, something that we have to think about, and it's uh, but it's it's soluble. Why is it soluble? Because it's already been solved somewhere else. Okay, where is it? Then? The defense. Okay. Defense of the country is clearly a government, uh, <laughs> and uh, is clearly gov- government business. Yeah. But if you look at all the technology that is used mm-hmm. by defense uh, departments, it's mostly from the private sector. So yeah. we buy the guns, we buy the planes, we buy, uh, and they're from they're made by private companies. Mm-hmm. So what we need, in my opinion, in the Netherlands uh, and uh, elsewhere, is a kind of like as you have uh, in the in the in defense, you have a. Uh, a, a military industrial complex yeah. that surrounds the military. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And indeed. we need a data uh, industrial complex. I like, ra- yeah, I exactly. Like that view. So uh, this is why we started to talk with a lot of companies uh, at the end of last year to create a, what we call a deep data ecosystem. Yeah. Which consists of CBS, but of companies, uh, lots of companies, and also uh, universities that work together with us to create these new technologies of the future. And what we can do for them is, first of all, we can uh, we can provide our knowledge. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can, uh, once a product has been created, we can uh, use it uh, in the Netherlands, but also a technology that we have created can be sold by these companies worldwide ah, yeah, yeah. because we have a very strong network in our field. So it's a win-win, right? You build it together, you, yeah. you benefit, the yeah. companies benefit. Exactly. So th- what this yeah. n- what this then requires is that we build together a yeah. ecosystem that is kind of like an engine of innovation, yeah. which we do together, or maybe they do on their own, but, but then they bring it to the table. And then we together go outside and go uh, in, uh, well, mm. you know, in, uh, across the border and, 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 and bring it to the rest of the Super world. Cool. 
So then we really be, uh, become an engine of data innovation, so to yeah. speak. Wow. No, it's I, I, I like it very much. Well, of course, I'm biased because I'm one of those potential <coughs> private companies, of course. Um, but I, I do like the fact that, that what I like about it is that <coughs> you focus on your core business, what you're really good at, and you try to collaborate as much as possible with, with, with other companies. Well, we're, we're like um, 100 <coughs> times smaller than you are, but we have the same philosophy, right? We, yeah. we focus on our core business, and if we can collaborate with other people, then, yeah. then, then that's nice. Um, maybe... Uh, well, related to that, I guess, in Belgium at least, there is a big trend mm -hmm. going on <coughs> for government agencies to open up their data as much as possible. Obviously, you can't open up all the tax returns, ah. um, but there's a big drive for open <coughs> data, open data platforms. What is your view on that? Is it happening here in Holland? Uh, yeah. Are you supporting it? It is happening, and mm. <coughs> all the CBS data that we can make open is open. Wow, cool. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So you have some kind of open data platform you can go there. We have an open. API and you yeah. can... Yeah, uh, even yeah. through an API. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. And um, the use that is <coughs> being made of the API is now uh, exponentially growing yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. No, because I, I see it from the from the other side <coughs> of, the, of the spectrum, of course, when you talk to private companies, very often their most valuable data or their most valuable insight comes from combining different <coughs> data sets. Right? They have yeah. their own internal data, they have government data, and, and, and they can build Combining data is really the holy grail. Yeah. And that is one of the things that um, I think CBDS, uh, Center for Big Data Statistics, is working on a lot, to combine data sets, not just use one data set, but combining them and to create uh, you yeah. Know, information. Yeah. yeah, super cool. All right. Cool. Um, so <coughs> maybe, well, as we, we said in the beginning, or as you explained, you, you've had quite a long track record. You have quite a quite a big career already. If you look back, uh, it could be here in CBS or one of your roles before that. Um, what are some of the main lessons learned that, that you said, if I knew that five years ago, ten years ago, I would have done th things differently? <laughs> you know, I, I've not been working for CBS for, you know, longer than five years, so... Mm. Uh, I cannot talk about CBS in the, on mm -hmm. a time frame of 10 years. But mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that I have learned is that um, once you look at societal change, and in this case it's societal change based on the data revolution, in the beginning it always goes very much slower than you think it will okay. go. So there's a new technology coming along. <coughs> it can be anything. can be... For example, the moment that the, 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 the personal computers came along or the mm -hmm. computers and mainframes, whatever. At that time, everybody thought everything will change overnight. Mm. So now you can do all your bookkeeping in the computer. You can uh, abolish whole departments within organizations and you can uh, have zero uh, mistakes because yeah. the computer doesn't make yeah. mistakes. And what happened is that it took quite a long time. Yeah, well, still, it's still going it's on. It's still going on. Now they call it digital transformation, but it's still... Getting, exactly. getting things digitized. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so why is that? It is, it is because there's a legacy mm -hmm. structure in society. So you have, you have people that have been trained to do certain, certain work. You have organizations that have a certain structure and you cannot just simply abolish that. No. You cannot change overnight the whole process within an organization. It, it will take generations because and oft oftentimes it's only when the, the people that were there that will go, uh, you know, when, they're, when they stop working and when they're yeah, 65 when they or retire, something, yeah. when they retire, that you can really, really start to change things. So the, the yeah. new gener generation comes along. Well, we are now in the same 
the, the same juncture. Okay. What I've noticed is when we started um, kind of trying to provide these, n these, these additional uh, information products to the government mm -hmm. um, and to try to influence the way uh, they are had the process of decision making is, is structured and using the data, what we noticed was that it's not so easy. Yeah. It, it, so it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It happened with me uh, in, during my time at the NFI, in, uh, the forensic laboratory. Mm -hmm. It's happening right now with the data revolution. So at, at the forensic laboratory, it was the same thing. So you had traditional police work, right? Mm -hmm. so trying mm -hmm. to find the perpetrator. And that's mm -hmm. traditional. We've been doing that for centuries. Yes, right? absolutely. Yeah. Policemen are trained in a certain way. They're very skilled at that. <coughs> but now it comes along a whole new technology. And it can, with only 50 cells left by the perpetrator at the crime scene, you can you can identify who this person was. Which is crazy, right? Which is crazy. It. It's yeah. amazing. And yeah. so this this, uh, this the same for all the forensic technologies. So what, what forensics does really is it's, it's an automating, auto, it's automating the, 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 the detective work in mm -hmm. a sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, so if you would completely start anew mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. don't have a legacy, mm -hmm. you would build a, a, a very big forensic capability mm -hmm. within the country, within the laboratory, within the police. Everything yeah. should be geared towards this forensic evidence because it's much stronger often than other types of evidence. Than more traditional. Uh, exactly. Uh, absolutely. So yeah. you would you would you would create a whole structure that is geared towards this type of evidence, and then you would put put around that you would put the other things. Yeah. But absolutely. because it's the other way around historically, yeah. you see that this forensic uh, work is really st still even today it's mm -hmm. still more like something that we also do. Yeah, indeed, and you, but you can't you can't do this big bang change where you say you know what we're gonna dismember or, or, or uh, break down the entire organization and build it from scratch because I mean you always need police work right you can't just press the pause button for six months and no, no you, need you cannot you cannot simply go and fire everybody <laughs> and uh, do because you know you you have to you have to gradually yeah. get into it right yeah. and that's something you didn't expect or um, was a learning the, for the, you? The, it or? was for me a learning experience because once yeah. you come <coughs> from technology or science you say well we have something new and it, it's, yeah. it's perfect it's great it's a new invention why not use it and then you run into reality, and reality yeah. says yes, but things are not so easy. Uh, we have a, we have legacy. We have things that, that need to change, and change is very difficult. Yeah. And it's the same with with data driven work. Absolutely. We we all understand the, the theoretics of it. I mean, if you have more information, you can make better decisions. It's yeah. almost like a duh thing, right? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, but but how now? If you look, if you have all these processes that lead from the the, the government people to uh, to the politicians and that lead to decisions made by the government which is which is a process that has ha yeah, has been there for centuries yeah and doing change management there is how so do hard. how do you yeah. how do you incorporate this technology yeah. this data driven way of thinking and uh, organizing the processes how do you incorporate it there it's very very complicated yeah. Yeah. and I nobody has solved it yet yeah well no, I, I guess we'll what I see, but on a much smaller scale than your experience, of course, but what I see is like corporate change 
just takes time. It takes time. Take, yeah. You don't you don't get corporate change by making slides or by no. doing demos. No, you get it by delivering results that has a positive impact, and then slowly but yeah. surely the wheel starts turning yeah. and spinning and. But it's a step by step. There is no, no. Th there's this analogy like we don't need a one silver bullet. We need a lot of lead bullets, right? No, it's no, no. We need a lot of, a lot of, a lot of small, small success stories, no. and then all of a sudden you wake up in a world like, hey, the, no. the mind mind no. shift has changed. And now. you need yeah. first movers. Yeah, very important. Big, big, big um, yeah. Often they are small, yeah, small uh, entities that that have the agility to to move quickly and do something new. Yes, uh, you need a lot of uh, courage as well, really, mm. really, especially in the government. You step out of your comfort zone, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, experimenting and failing is it's it's controversial in the private sector, but it's totally controversial in the government. Yeah, I mean, yeah. failing is it's almost uh, you know something uh, that's forbidden. Yeah. I mean, uh, nobody is allowed to. Uh, well, it's yeah, 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 I know what you mean. It's yeah. it's very difficult to 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 have a story like yeah. yes but we tried something new yeah. all right it failed but yeah. no it's yeah, and if you don't allow that then you can't have this learning culture no. or learning you can only I learn think. by failing yeah really yeah, absolutely uh, well not only but it's this probably it's the most it. it's, it's, it's it. probably the most uh, yeah. uh, impactful learning experience you yeah. can also learn by doing something which works of course but but most of the time uh, of all the ideas that are feasible or yeah. maybe uh, 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 that you can think of, yeah. most of them are wrong, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you want to really try something and find this this good idea, you have to try a lot of things that are maybe not such a good idea. Yeah. And you iterate towards you iterate, a good yeah. idea. It's an evolutionary yeah. process. Yeah. Where it's it's yeah. kind of like pruning all the bad stuff, whereas the the way people tend to think is that it's, it's like it's a linear process. Yeah. You just go from this to that to that to that and that and, and then yeah, it's over. You plan, design, execute, yeah. deliver. <laughs> That's not really the way it works in real life. <laughs> no, absolutely not. All right, cool. And um, maybe one one last question I always ask uh, um, the people on the podcast is: um, I know it's very sensitive for you, I guess, but can you in some way predict the future? I, I know you can't predict what the GDP will be five years from now, but how do you see the data world in general and maybe data applied to government? How do you see that ecosystem evolving like five or 10 years from now? Yeah, so I think it will evolve the way I was discussing earlier. Mm -hmm. So I think in the future, there will be a very, very vibrant ecosystem of highly high technology companies that are working with data mm -hmm. and developing tools, maybe developing products for for private sector and the government and working together with us to uh, you know when it comes to government official government statistics uh, we are f fully ready to to kind of facilitate this process and and help it along with our huge data sets and our yeah. abilities um, so uh, in the future i think um, of i mean this trend towards more um, data driven decision making it will happen yeah it will be very slow it will be very painful uh but it will happen because yeah. it's such a logical thing to happen yeah, it's unstoppable right? yeah right. people say sometimes that we live in an age where uh, you know people don't believe uh, facts anymore i think it's and there is some truth to that uh, on a certain level but on the other uh, on the other hand if you look at the uh, the way cbs statistics are used it's more than ever far yeah. far far more than ever so Really, it's not that bad. No. Huh? People are really moving towards this more data-driven world. 
uh, and uh, so it, I think that will continue and I think there will be a, a very interesting ecosystem well the Netherlands is specifically able to or is in a position to create this ecosystem which is can be world class in my opinion yeah um, so uh, I hope that it will happen all right cool well sir, thank you very much thank for the interview much. it was a really pleasure talking to yeah. you and good luck uh, with your role as uh, director general of CBS thank you